everyone, welcome to Tech Leverage. My name's Kyle Heath. This is episode three of Tech Leverage. And already, I'm going to take us slightly outside of the confines of strictly technology to talk about something that actually really affects technology and business in a big way, but doesn't immediately sort of jump to mind. And what that is, is about how we learn and how we adapt to change. Because technology invariably involves change. And that's one thing that humans don't like much. None of us do. We're all a bit reticent about it. And it has a big impact on how we use tech in our businesses and how we use them in our home lives. So I thought to myself, right, we're only into episode three, but it's pretty important that we start talking about this side of things because actually there's no point listening to a podcast about technology if you're not prepared to try and do new things. And I understand why people don't want to try and do new things. So I thought, let's get that out in the open at the very beginning and start talking about it. Right. So what that actually means is psychology. That's pretty much what we're talking about. Behavioral psychology and how behavioral psychology actually affects what we do as human beings in life. And a good example that I can sort of give of this thing is often I would talk to people about how they can use technology in their business to do something better, but they'd be reticent to make a change. They don't want to do something. They don't want to move away from what they've been comfortable, familiar with. And I used to think to myself, well, how would that affect me and what I do? And where it cast my mind back to was a holiday that I took about 10 years ago on a cruise. I took a cruise out of Miami, rather Caribbean, rather nice holiday. I'd saved up a lot of money for it. And I went with my wife, as was at the time. And on these cruise ships, they got kind of everything now these days. And they had an ice rink on this cruise ship. So the suggestion was, let's go and do some ice skating. Now, ice skating is not really my forte. I'm not very good at it. But I thought I'd have a go. I thought being an ex-skateboarder, I could do this. It wouldn't be that hard to do. So I got onto the ship. And mostly the people who want to do ice skating are mums and dads with kids. So I'm there. I'm about 35 years old. I haven't got any kids. Everyone else has got kids with them. Get the ice skates on. Go out on the ice. It's real ice on the ship as well. It's not plastic. It's actually real ice. And it's a decent sized ice skating rink. Uh, I could not do it to save my life. I literally could barely stand up on the skates. And I started just going livid. I started getting really angry about it. Because my wife could do it. And I couldn't do it. And I felt humiliated that all these kids were whizzing past me at five, six, ten years old. And I could barely stand up without holding on to the side. And in fact, I fell over several times on my backside. And it got what I call my chimp out. I was livid and angry. And in fact, I got so angry that I sort of clip-clopped my way back to the changing area and stormed off and in a huff and wouldn't do it. Because I completely got embarrassed by other people being able to do something that I thought should be really easy to do. And I couldn't do it. And so I got in a huff about it and said, I don't care about it and I don't want to do it. And that is the sort of thing that happens to a lot of us when we're faced with a change in life. Is that we will get super defensive about it. We will then say how it's not very important and we didn't care about it anyway. And we're not going to do it and it's pointless. And I'm not going to change and I'm going to stay where we are. And this was the thing that I used to try and explain to loads of guys who worked in tech when they were trying to do tech support with people, was that this problem is in all of us. It just manifests itself in different forms. And for many people, it manifests itself in that form that they cannot get the idea of using some new technology without getting scared about it, therefore putting up their defense barrier, which makes it more difficult for them to understand and learn it and actually makes it more difficult than it would have been if they tried to just do it in the first place. 
Now earlier I mentioned Chimp Getting Out. Well, that's a reference to a book called The Chimp Paradox, which is one of the best books I've ever read for affecting how I use how I operate in life and in business. It's by Professor Steve Peters, and I strongly recommend it. If you haven't read The Chimp Paradox or listened to it on Audible, that you get that book. If you've ever had a point in life in which something happened and you got really, really angry very quickly and you blurted out or said something that you didn't mean, and then about five or ten minutes later you sort of felt really bad about it and you couldn't work out why you'd done it, that is the chimp in all of us. And what the chimp really represents, it's part of our brain that's been around since we were cavemen and women, and it's the part that reacts very, very quickly, faster than us as an individual and blurts things out and says things that we don't mean and then disappears just as fast and leaves who you really are, leaves Kyle behind to clear up the mess. That's what's called our inner chimp by Steve Peters in the book. And that's what happened to me when I was on the cruise ship, when I was ice skating, my inner chimp got out and had a rage and then disappeared. And I felt like a bit of an idiot afterwards when I'd raged in front of all these kids and in front of my wife. And really it was just because I couldn't ice skate. And it's exactly the same person that gets out if you're using technology and you don't understand it and you don't get this new system and then you rage at say the IT manager or the help desk support people and then later on kind of feel that you're a bit hard you know you did them wrong a bit and oh, I wish I hadn't kind of shouted him that much we've all probably done it when we phoned up a help desk for a problem with our television service or our phone line and we've raged at the person who answers the end of the phone but ultimately we know it's not their fault it's not their fault that uh, Virgin Television can't put the TV on at Christmas you know it's going to be a bigger issue in the whole area and it's not the person at the end of the phone's fault what happens with technology so what I want to talk about today really is how it's really really important because if we can control our emotions when we're working with tech it gives us a better but we have to get past this emotional part of our brain that says we can't do this or I don't want time get an opportunity to speak most of us like to think we're right but if any of us have studied sales or read up on a bit of behavioral psychology actually we'll know that all kind of point you to when if you've bought a house uh, and you went into a decision on buying that house it was probably within the first five to ten seconds of being there you probably knew straight and if you thought the house was the one for you you just want to own it and you're quickly working out justify whatever it is you need to do, I want to do some overtime or maybe we can cut back on this extravagance very quickly. And the reverse will be opposite. If you don't like the house, you'll start finding logical reasons to be decorating and it needs a new kitchen and a new bathroom. And away you go justifying the reasons why lo- because that's what your gut instinct has told you or your gut instinct has told you. I love it. Everything that you do is based on what's called wimp. What's in it for me? And this affects how we use technology big time because when you've got a new system or a new piece of software or technology in a business each employee or person is going to use it's going to say to themselves what's in it for me how's this going to make my life better and the instinctive reaction is probably going to be it isn't going to make their life easier it's going to make their life more difficult particularly if you're going to ask them to learn something new that they're not comfortable with because their instinct reaction is going to be i don't get this i don't understand it so you're already coming up against static straight away And people forget about this a lot when they get excited about a new bit of tech that they want to bring in or they want to change how someone does it. I've seen this loads of times when I've wanted people to change from using Microsoft's Word and Excel products to using Google's Docs and Sheets product. There's a great logic Google than you could do it with Microsoft. There's an ease logical argument. Why would you want to install software? So there's a logical argument there. 
But nine times out of 10, if you just rely on those logical arguments to do, goes, I'm not comfortable with this change. What if it's different? What if I look stupid? What if I thicko? And so that actually gets in the way of the person doing what is going to make them years because they're comfortable with it, even though it makes them have to work more and it'll be an emotional chimp. They're not being driven by their logical mind. The chimpies got involved and they are running the show and they're saying, no way, our pride's going to get here first. We're not going to change. We're going to keep doing it like we used to do it because we understand that and we're not going to change. And so that's why loads of tech people and loads of techies who try and offer up advice to people when they're helping them or people who sell in the tech industry fail and they fail because they don't realize that people don't make the decision based on logic. They're based on emotion. You can put all the numbers and everything you want in front of people and it won't make any difference. And I've seen this fail where business owners have made the actual distinction. They've said, okay, I see the numbers. I can save X amount of money doing this system as opposed to that system. And they buy a solution from a company and they get the project going ahead and they put it in. And when they put the project in, they forget about how employees emotionally feel about it. And the project fails because the employees won't change. They keep trying to fashion the new system to do it the way we used to do it. And everybody knows that they don't. Everybody knows you can see that and it can be argued logically, but their emotion is, I'm not going to do it. I'm comfortable with the idea of trying to learn something new because that means they're going to have to say, hey, Kyle, I, and ironically, that's probably one of the most difficult questions that any human being can ask of another human being to say to somebody, I don't understand this. Please, can you tell me how I can do this? <laughs> that it takes an amazing amount of courage for people to say that and if you think that maybe it doesn't or i'm making a big deal of it have a think about something in life where you've been asked to change something and you didn't know how to do it it's a big deal to do that we are so humans make such a big deal of that that we will actually get in the way of our own progression in order to not look stupid and this takes me back to another story in my life when i was 17 it was the opportunity to learn to drive. 17, you learn to drive. And dad said to me, let's get in my car and I'll go and try a lesson with you. So we went to a bit of private land and dad said, right, you get in the driving seat, I'll get in the passenger seat. My dad's an expert driver. He'd be driving all... It happened to be a Vauxhall Astra Estate, a 1.1L, as was the tyre. As we couldn't for the life of me even drop the clutch without stalling the vehicle. I just couldn't do it. It was really fit and said, this is stupid. Nobody needs to drive. I've got a bus pass and stormed off and said, I can't do this. It's rubbish. I, I blamed the vehicle. I said, driving was crap. Yeah, about it. And you know what? I never got back into a car again for eight years. Back on it now would have opened up masses of opportunity if I'd have learned to drive at 17. I'm pretty sure that dad would have been or, or really helped me get together the money for a first car. And I would have had the freedom to have gone skateboarding. It opened up masses of opportunity for me. But being a petulant 17-year-old whose chimp took over this kind of thing in my life. And I like to sometimes think about myself now as being a... I realise where I've gone wrong in the past. And now I realise where I've gone wrong. And how this actually becomes almost a catch-22 situation because if you can imagine if you're the owner of a business and you decide to make the change into new technology to buy a crm system or a new accounts package or you're going to introduce a new set of devices tablets for people to work on instead of using laptops 
and you you believe in it, you logically justify it, it's going to make the business better, you've proved it, there's an ROI on it, you've put this much money in and at the other end you're going to get this and it's proven and you've got testimonials from people who've done it themselves and they've spoken to you and they made it work and you think, yes, this is going to be the best thing ever and then you go and roll it out in your business and it fails miserably. None of the employees like it, nobody wants to use it, they all say how it doesn't work properly, how it's worse than it was before to where you were making money and you go, this is stupid, I'm going back to my old system, it was clearly better than this new. the new system was better but what you'd missed was helping people to understand sell it to each employee and nine times out of ten in an it project that is completely missed that sold into this and they have to think that this is going to give them a better life and it's going to got new systems that you want to do how is it going to make their life easier and to make an employee's life easier you're probably shorten maybe shorten their working day in terms of the hours they've got to put in actually doing what's going to go home after six hours that's not how it works but you're going to say to him you know what what you used to do in eight hours you could be in between the two hours you've got left for a cup of tea to do something else to pick up the phone to a customer you know there's in well now you're going to get more time to fit that in so what you're doing is you need to they're going to get is going to make their life better by showing them what's in it for them the wimp with other aspects edit cut what we've actually got to do is create almost a feeling of what's called social proof, which is to make everybody in the organisation feel that they're in it together and that no one's going to look stupid. Everybody's got to learn something new. So collectively, that creates this feeling of, ah, I'm not alone. There's other people that's going to be able to help me and there's other people who are going to feel the same way about it. So this is the this is sort of the ironic part of adapting new technologies into business. It's not the technology that's the problem. It's actually the human beings that are the issue. And I roll this back again to, to one of the most common ones that I always dealt with and I still continue to deal with to this day, which is that Microsoft and their office products have been on computers for us to use our email, create documents and do spreadsheets since the mid-1990s. And really, there was no alternative for at least 10 years until Google arrived with their Google Apps program in like mid-2006 or so. And that was that was very much brand new at that point. So that was super cutting edge at that point in time. Now that product's matured, as they say now, to where it's a really viable contender to Microsoft. And it depends on how you want to run things and how you want to operate your business. It's completely viable product. You can do Microsoft's product or you could do Google's product. They're both going to deliver what you want to do in your business. But because so many people have done 20 years with those Microsoft products, that is a big deal to them to tell them to change. It's like asking someone who's driven a car that's manual for 20 years to drive an automatic. And if they've never driven an auto, they might be a bit reticent. I don't understand or I've never driven an auto. I, I don't like the idea. I like to change gear. Or it'd be the other way around. Someone who's driven an auto and you put them back into a manual, they might have the driving license for it. But they go, well, I haven't driven a manual for 20 years since I got my driving license. I'm really not comfortable with the idea of changing. I, I don't know what if I can't do it. This is exactly the same in technology. It's no different. The problem isn't the technology. It's the people that need to adopt it to change. And that's where we've all got to work on these things. And that's where I've spent a lot of time in my business trying to help people understand why technology fails when they implement different things in their business or why when you talk to them about new technologies, you don't want to hear it and that you're reticent to make that change and you find reasons why it's not going to work for you. This leads me, this leads on to a, a key part of it now, which is about learning and patience and, and how we teach people. Because it's almost a cultural change that we're looking to do here. 
in our organizations to really get the benefit out of this side of things it's about thinking about how we teach people and how they learn things and where i've sort of start with this is how we teach sort of kids when we teach our children if we're reasonably decent parents we're pretty patient and we take our time and we we try and make them feel comfortable and we don't push them if you try and push a child to do something they will just do the opposite i think most of us who've been parents or have been around brothers and sisters and siblings and other children know you push on them they push back harder and harder and harder the more you get them to do stuff the less they want to do it you can't force anybody to do anything unless you use duress unless we use physical presence pull rank on them and say i am your boss you are going to do this otherwise there'll be a you will get fired or you'll get disciplined. those people then when you start watching them will stop doing what you want them to do and find any way to make it look like they're doing something that force people to change you've got to get them to buy into what it is that you want to do company that you can show people how they're going to benefit from this system for example fit to the employee they're still processing emails and still processing a, a document or a spreadsheet the task in an hour less than before that is really what's in it for them this task that used to take you every day that take you two hours to do what watch how we can do this task now using this new or instead of doing it in two hours that's going to make you look good to your boss next time there's just going to be able to just have less stress because you can do things in a quicker and a more efficient time which could be a lot if you've got a lot of employees but ultimately you've got to do that through company without this kind of thing that goes on and this is what most people are missing they're missing that this is acts slowly and steadily with confidence the more they do them and repeat them and learn the better they even thinking because that's where most people will be with a lot of computer systems they'll be able to go in and process uh, a sole memory they press this key that key move the mouse here tap 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 f11 this it's done through some 15 years old and then when i went back to learning to drive when i was older at 25 and i had an, a job and money so i learned to drive now i change the gear push the brake drop the clutch no i don't need to do any of that it's all done completely home and thought about something else outside of what we're doing and we cannot remember how we got home i have no idea how i got from work to here at all i don't remember any of it and that's because your, your subconscious brain really didn't need to engage your conscious brain to operate the vehicle it knows how to do it with computer systems we'll get to a point where our subconscious brain is so comfortable with the processes that we do and that affects people when you ask them to change because when you ask them to change the subconscious brain can't do it anymore because it's not brain is our chimp it's faster than the person the human that's secondary to that my chimp kyle's chimp is faster and more powerful than i am and so when something comes new when you learn to recognize this you can almost feel this thing rising in you the anger that's rising in you that's your chimp getting a way that our brains work about this kind of thing what can we do about this kind of problem what can we do as people who work in technology or business owners that want to implement new systems into our business but we're, con we're concerned about how either we'll handle it ourselves and we don't want to change because we're just worried about how we'll handle it personally or we're worried about how people in our business will handle that change and, and therefore we're reticent to implement something that we logically know is probably going to benefit us and we can show an ROI on it because we're not too sure how we're going to actually do that ourselves so one of the first things that we can do is look at how much time with each employee that we reserve for learning in a week how many hours are dedicated to learning for our employees that they're not doing other tasks 
Most businesses I've ever known and worked with, unfortunately, have probably got zero learning per week involved. There's very, very little of time is dedicated to it. Learning is something that happens on a dedicated away day training course. But actually, week in, week out, a percentage of time for each employee per week that's dedicated to learning new techniques, whether it's personal development or learning to use their systems better, very, very slim. And ironically, what we want to be doing is setting along, setting aside a time specifically for that because in the long term, when we learn something new, we get better at it, which means we get more efficient, which means we can do more with less. So the catch-22 is that by actually going to gain us in the long term because we're going to get better at what we do and we're going to become more efficient of time a week per employee to learning how to do things. And by learning how to do things, that doesn't mean there is so much information that can be gained from things like Udemy courses, which is a web. That's all somebody needs to watch a video and learn how to do something or enabling our employees to listen to podcasts in work time that are going to teach them how to do something new. Creating your only in your business, it's very easy to do this stuff. I'm doing this one right now with a, a microphone that cost me under £100 called Anchor to put that information online and publish it so it's available to you guys. That's where you get it. From. Now, what the benefit you can get if you give each of your employees 10% of their time per week to learn 10%. That's not a massive amount at all. But think about the benefit if anything new. And of course you measure that. You've got to measure it. Split it down into two and give them one hour. It's not really a fat lot there now. Now you're not really getting in the way of their job load either because some people might say, well, I don't break it down into two sets a week and one hour in the morning and one in the afternoon twice a week. Actually, listening to a podcast, what if you used your phones and a tripod to record some videos into Particularly if you're going to do something new, like you'd say, look, we are going to invest in this new CG suite in our business. It's going to happen. But what we're going to do is give you all of this training material in advance of it. Employees, 10% of your time each week to learn about this. And we're going to have feedback where you're going to come back to you make the change. Because what happens then is when you do make the change, everyone's ready. But they're going to be 80% there. And the chimp's not going to get out. It's hardly going to get out at all. People will be able to take care of that. Your consultants you're working on will be able to help that. It won't be all held just to get on with it. You can say that till you're blue in the face, but the problem is that people don't get on with these things. Small amount of time per week, there's 10% of their time per week. Think about how much it will mean to him as well when you share that with them. When you say to these people, here's 10% of, of my business time every week in this business. I'm giving back to you to learn how to do something new sometimes it'll be what you want them to learn it'll be an official training course because we're going to do something sometimes you could say to them well what do you want to learn what personal skills do you want to develop in in the work time that i can help you learn with and what that does is it shows value in people it shows that you are prepared to invest in them you don't just say we have the investors in people award we actually invest in our people and here we are investing in people by giving them the opportunity to learn how to do something new and then you can further give them the opportunity to learn how to do something new, show her they've learned it and reproduce another video that teaches somebody else how to do that. There's a million ways you can kind of do this now. And technology makes it even better. I've thought, you know, I think, well, what if we're in a company and we made the new project show, like, like a TV show? And literally all you need to do to make a TV show is have a microphone and them doing things that are fun and then showing them you could make it into a comedic style business to teach people about what you do in your industry and how they can be better by using tools like you. years ago if you wanted to do videos in your business and then show them to people you were going to spend thousands and thousands of, of videos would have been insane you'd have had to have had video cassettes or dvds 
it would have been done it now now you can get your phone out and a tripod and a microphone and you can clear it and you can distribute it via youtube for zero cost to all of your employees to watch anywhere you can put online and distribute for zero cost it's almost unbelievable what an opportunity is that we've got on this side the opportunities are almost endless for what we can do I think it's probably time I wrap up this episode now because I was—I didn't want to make it another two-parter on episode three and we've run it about 30 minutes so I think that's probably about right time. Where was I coming from on this? Technology is marvellous and it enables brilliant change and you can want to make this change in your business but what you need to recognise is it's people that deal with change in the most difficult way and when we enable people to handle change in a better way we train them and we show value in them and we teach them and we let them have time to learn things at their own rate before we make the changes we'll have a much better change when we do otherwise if we don't do that we're going to get all chimpy out. So have a look at the book, The Chimp Paradox by Professor Steve Peters. It's a brilliant book. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it on Audible. It's a life-changing book. It's one of my favorites of all time, and I strongly recommend that you read that. Have a look at the differences between Google G Suite and Microsoft Office and realize that there are alternatives to what you've done in the past. One is different to the other, and they both have benefits. And they both have different reasons why you might want to use one over the other. But there are alternatives. You do not have to use Microsoft Office for the rest of your life. There are options and different ways that you can do that. Remember, if you want to implement a technology project in your business and you want to put a new CRM system in or a new accounts package or a new manufacturing system or whatever it might be, that the key to the success of that system isn't going to be the software. The software will do and the hardware will do what you want it to do. It will do what it says on the tin to use the Ron Seal advert. The success will come in how you help people to make that change, how you educate them, how you make them feel comfortable, how you show them what's in it for them. Sell it to each employee. Find something for each person that may makes their life better by using this new system and you will get much much better buy-in and less static from your employees and ultimately that will be the measure of the success because you can't force people to do anything you can dictate to them and you can tell them but when they're not looking they'll go do something that you don't want them to do people only make changes when they've got what's in it for them I'm going to sign off now. This has been Carl Heath with episode three of Tech Leverage. If you enjoyed what you listened to, please leave the reviews on Apple Podcast uh, for me. That would be great. I'm getting into this and really enjoying it. I did, if you enjoy it too, please share that with me. I look forward to the next episode of Tech Leverage with you. I'm out of here. Cheers. Bye.